Hey friend, welcome to your new favorite hangout. This is where we boldly share our stories and the wisdom that stems from them as a means of connection and celebration. We're no longer waiting for people to invite us into their space to share the messages that God has given us. We are creating our own. I'm your host and your homegirl, Rosalind Davis, and this is Creating Space, the podcast. Go ahead, make yourself comfortable, and let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome back, y'all, to another episode of Creating Space podcast. Y'all, this is our first episode back in the studio since launch. It's been not quite a month, but almost a month. And I'm really glad to be back here at Podcast Place. Solomon, I know you missed me, so I'm glad to be back in the studio. Oh, yeah, I missed you, girl. You know that. (laughs) All right, y'all. First of all, I just have to say thank you so much for all of the support, um, all of the love, all of the feedback that I've gotten. It was like a tremendous labor of love trying to get this podcast out. So hearing all y'all's feedback really made me feel good. Um, It was really exciting to see how the things that I think were not just in my brain, that we were all thinking those things too. So thank you very much. And now I need y'all to do me a small favor. If you are someone, sorry, who (laughs) sent me a review or feedback via DM or via text, if you have two seconds, please go ahead and copy and paste what you sent me in an Apple review or a Spotify review so that other folks can find our show as well. Thank you again. And then secondly, thank you to those of y'all who have supported the show via our PayPal link. I was not expecting that. I put it there just to have it there and y'all blew me away. So thank you very much. Your support means the world and was a big part in scheduling today's podcast session. So thank you very much. All right, y'all. Today's topic, as you saw from the title, it's a a sticky one. It was a requested one, one that I'm very excited about. We are talking about marriage. So this came to be because I saw something on Instagram. um, I believe it said like, uh, like, no to future wives, plan for your marriage, not for your wedding day. And so I posted that on my story and I asked y'all if you wanted a full like episode on it. And the overwhelming response was yes. And then I even received some specific questions or topics about marriage that we're going to dive into today. But before we do that, I wanted to just back it up a little bit and just explain like why this is even a big deal to me and give a little context on like my journey throughout marriage. I've only been married for uh, three years now. Seems like a very long time because I got married during COVID. Um, that was a big huff and puff when you said three years. <laughs> well, one, I'm out of breath. That's the first thing. Um, because it seems like I've been married for a long time. I feel like getting married during COVID really like exasperated the amount of time that we we're married. We spent every single second together for pretty much a year. So it's like I've been doing this for a long time. Um, so I wanted to just talk a little bit to like my mindset when I got married. I don't think I had thought much about like the kind of wife that I wanted to be. I just knew that eventually one day I wanted to be married. 
And I wasn't really the girl that was like, had like the vision board or like picked out my dress and decorations since I was a little kid. Like that was not me. I knew I wanted to get married eventually, but like when it happened, I really hadn't thought much about. And then when I met my husband, I thought he and I were just honestly going to hook up. I didn't think we were going to end up dating and then getting married. So I went into marriage very much like just no expectation. I was just out here. Um, And I struggled a lot in our first year. And it wasn't because I didn't love him. Like I love, I love my husband a lot. I'm like obsessed with him. I thought that all marriage took was love. Like if I love him, then it's going to be fun. It's going to be easy. And uh, that very much was not the case. Mm-mm. Thank you, Solomon. That is not not the case. So, uh, so we got married. I was uh, twenty five, I believe. Um, and so at this time, I was doing my virtual assistant business. I had like seven clients. I was working like around the clock, basically. And I remember this very like this one specific week. Um, I wasn't done working until like 8 p.m. And then I would cook dinner, excuse me, and then like we'd be eating like 9 o'clock, 9.15, we'd have dinner, come to the kitchen, hang out, like it's 11 o'clock, we're going to bed. And I remember like there was a two-week period of that happening and I just was like overwhelmed with work and then like my wifely duty of cooking dinner every day. And so... I sat my husband down and I was like, babe, like I'm really struggling, like working until 8 p.m. and then having to do dinner every day. And he's like, why are you doing that? And I'm like, why am I doing what? He's like, cooking every day. I never asked you to do that. And I was like, well, isn't that what wives do? They cook every day. And he was like, I mean, they could, like, you don't have to do that. And so that was the first moment that I realized that like who I am within our marriage could be what I wanted it to be. It didn't have to be what I saw my mom being or the women that I looked up to when I was younger. Um, And that really showed me that, wow, I never actually asked him like what he wanted or what he needed. I just like assumed this role that I had seen, you know, everyone else doing and had heard, you know, the older women say that, you know, men want. And so from that moment on, I think my husband and I really um, were intentional about like, playing our role in the marriage Um, because my husband is a way he really likes to clean. I hate cleaning. I do it because I have to, but he like enjoys it. It's like his thing. He has his music. He's like jamming. So he's like the cleaner of our, of our household. Like even when we were just, you know, the two of us, and now that we have kids, he is still very much the cleaner, the organizer of our house. And I am more like the back end of making sure like, all of our things are in order, planning our vacations, planning our meals, shopping. And so all this to say that one of the things I learned very early on was that a marriage can be what you want it to be as long as the two of y'all agree on what that looks like. Um, and that took, you know, I'd say the whole first year of our marriage was really me um, unlearning or like stripping myself of these of these expectations that I place on myself that I never talked to him about. And then learning, you know, what did he want in a wife? What was possible for the two of us? And also having to take like what I saw and also what he saw. So he grew up with 
a lot of siblings. I grew up with just me and my brother in the house. Um, his parents have been married, I think, 40-ish years at that point. And so a lot of things that he brought into the marriage too that worked for his parents that don't work for us. And so it was a lot of just like talking and unlearning and learning, where did that come from? Or where did you get that from? And figuring out what worked for us and and what didn't. Um, Question. Yeah. So when you said you saw the thing online and you posted it on your story about planning for your marriage rather than planning for um, your wedding— do you feel like people should have this conversation before they get married then to talk about what those expectations are? I do. I do. Because especially I do because the marriage, I mean, excuse me, the wedding is just one day. Y'all might love each other. You might've got your fits picked out. That's great. But then you go home and now that you are a wife and you are a husband, your spouse, because of the title of wife and husband, your spouse may have an expectation of you that you never knew as being fiance or as being like boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, and this, I think the cooking thing is an example. Like when my husband and I were just like engaged, I wasn't really like pressed to cook for us that often because I was like, I'm not your wife. Like, you figure out what you want to eat by yourself. And it wasn't all the time, but I just feel like after we became husband and wife, I had these expectations of him um, and, and of myself. And so I do think the conversation is important to have before marriage because if not, what would happen is, what could happen, excuse me, is that y'all are now in this like spiritual covenant, legally, legally binded covenant, um, and you're hit with a bunch of surprises and you're like, oh man, maybe this is not going to work. Um, what would you say, Solomon? I know you're married as well. Um, I, I agree with that. I mean, that's that's one of the things that I, I sort of dealt with ahead of time. Um, my wife is a good cook, but I know she doesn't necessarily like to cook. Yeah. So, same. you know, you just go in anticipating. I mean, people talk so bad about eating out all the time. You know, for some people, it's just a real way of life. Yeah. It just is because, you you know, you're busy, you're doing things, and it's just your preference. But um but yeah, we had that conversation ahead of time, so I knew what the expectation was because I told her I don't cook. Unless you want, <laughs> if you want eggs and cold cereal every day, then I'll cook for you. Other than that, you're on your own. Yeah, and those kind of things are important. And like you said, for some people, eating out is just a way of life. That definitely was our way of life after we had my daughter. Um, I had never used a food delivery service until I had my daughter. And we probably used it, I'm not even joking, y'all, like every single day for like two or three months because it was just easier. Like I didn't have energy. My husband didn't have energy. Thinking about buying groceries was like too big of a task. So again, things that, that you know, people may warn you against or that may not work for someone else, it might work for y'all. We just got to talk about it. Um, and so with that, I also had to figure out like what kind of, what is... What kind of wife does my marriage need? Um, and I think that even speaks to like the the mentality and like the heart posture that you have to have going into marriage um, because I could easily say, what kind of wife do I want to be? That isn't the same as like the kind of wife that my husband needs or that my marriage needs. Um, at the time, my husband was working at a job that he had been at for a really long time, like 20 years. Um, and it was this COVID year. And so he was like adjusting and trying to figure out how do I do school online? And it was a lot of like um, uncertainty for him. And he is not an uncertain person. He is very concrete. He is very sure. 
And so um, during our first year of marriage, I really had to be um, like a resource for him, basically. I had to show him how to do things on the computer that I didn't know how to do. We were learning together. And so in a... It could have been easy for me at that time to be like, I'm also tired. I'm also adjusting to having my business during COVID. I'm also, you know, whatever, whatever. But my marriage and my husband called for me to be a resource. It called for me to be a support. So I had to like some days just push past the being tired and sit up with him and figure out how do we turn this Excel sheet into a Google Classroom and all kinds of things. And so one thing that we're going to get to later on in the questions um, is that when you are thinking about being married beyond thinking about what kind of person do you want to be, I would encourage us all to think like, am I willing to change who I am or parts of who I am for someone else? And again, we have a question about that. So we're going to get um, down there later. And so three years in, I would say that I um, I have transformed. I I years ago would have said that I was a patient person and I think I'm much more patient now. I think I'm also much more curious of a person now than I was um, before I got married because um, my husband is, we have a 14 year gap between us. And so there are things that make sense to him that don't make sense to me and vice versa. And what I found in our, in our communication is that we both need to be more curious about each other and like, why do you think that way? And are you curious and are you open to like seeing it a different way? Um, And that wouldn't have come if I was just so stuck on like, it has to be my way or I want you to see things my way. I had to be curious about why is he seeing it that way? And then open to also change my way of looking at things. Um, And I had to, like learn him. So when we were dating, you know, it's all fun. And we trapped, we were long distance up until the month or two before we got married. So our relationship was spent like texting, uh, FaceTiming. We traveled a lot when we were dating. And so you can only learn so much about a person um, not living in the same city as them. So we moved in together and I learned that he was like much more silly and goofy than I had seen on our vacations and when we were texting and stuff. And um, that kind of, what is the word? It just surprised me because everyone thinks my husband is like so serious and this like very just like serious guy. And so seeing him be silly, I it annoyed me actually. That's what I'll say. It annoyed me. I was going to say, I'm trying to read your face when you're talking <laughs> about this. It annoyed me because I was like, everything's on a game. Like I'm trying to be serious. I'm talking about money. I'm talking about bills. Like I'm being serious right now. And so I had to learn that that was just his personality. And I had to learn and I had to learn like when he was joking and when he was being sarcastic and when he was being serious, it took me a long time to learn the difference between all of those things. And so by learning his way of communicating and his way of like having fun, I was able to like engage with him after I realize what was happening. But y'all, I was really annoyed because I'm not really a goofy person. I'm pretty much like this all the time. And so that was definitely um, an adjustment. And so I had to also learn like when was an appropriate time to talk about something, when was an appropriate time to, you know, to re-listen and have a serious conversation. It was, it was a lot, but we're, we're, we're past that now. Um, And actually, 
I'll save that one. Can you define one thing for me? Yeah. You mentioned the word heart posture. Can you define mm. what that is? Yeah. Good question. Our heart posture is like, it, um, it could also be described as like your, your, your motive for something or your motive or maybe your mindset going into something. So an example of that is I currently have like the heart posture of like a servant in my home. Like I serve my children, I serve my husband. And so like whatever I want to do, like even coming here today, I, with my heart posture of being a servant in my home is like, how can I take care of what needs to be done here before I go and do what I have to do? So I made sure that, you know, Josh had milk and Naomi had her lunch ready and Tony was good with the kids. And a, your heart posture is like your your motive when you're engaging with something. Does that make sense? I think so. Okay. That's a good question. I say it all the and, time. And, and it changes. Time, it can change. Exactly. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Good question. Um, okay. So I think, yeah, we're ready for questions. So this episode is actually one big introduction to a segment that we're going to be doing for the rest of this season, and it is called We Time. And We Time is wisdom and encouragement time. So as I mentioned, I have a bunch of questions from y'all that I'm going to dive into, and that will be our We Time for today. But in future episodes, if you have a question that you want us to answer, you can send us an email or DM us on Instagram, and we'll be sure to get to it during this segment. So our first question is, it was more of a a topic, relationships with in-laws. I'm going to cover this one first because this was the more, surprisingly, the more simple one of the ones that y'all sent in. Um, There wasn't really a question here. It was more of a topic. So I'm just going to speak to like how I began to engage with my in-laws now. So as I mentioned, my husband and I have a 14-year age difference. Um, he is also mixed race and he's the first person I've ever dated that was mixed race. And so I was a little nervous to meet his family. I, in the past, when I have met other partners, moms and and their families, I found myself trying to like conform to what I thought they would want to see based on what I heard about them. And it didn't always work out well because I just didn't feel like I was being myself. And so when I was meeting um, Tony's parents, I told myself, I'm going to be myself no matter what. If I'm too loud, if I'm too black, if I'm too whatever, that's just unfortunately too bad. And I know in an ideal world, we would love to have peaceful relationships with our in-laws, which I do. Praise the Lord. They're the best. Um, But sometimes it's just not possible. And you have to decide Whose relationship is it? Is it you and your partners or is it you and your partners and your families? Like you got to decide. And so um, to this topic, what I would encourage you is to ask your partner, like, is it us against the world or not? Um, And if it is, that's going to come with some conflict with family and friends and people that are surrounding your relationship. At the end of the day, it's your relationship and you two get to decide how you engage with other people. But like you, y'all are the nucleus. So. That's what I'll say about that. Okay, next question. 
what questions should you ask yourself before getting married? So I spoke to this one um, a little bit before, which was, are you ready to change parts of yourself for someone else? Why or why not? I think this is a big question that I never heard. And I think it's important because in a marriage, you're combining your lifestyle with someone else's. You're bringing all of your years of experience, the way that you were raised, the things that you've seen, read, watched, and they're bringing that too. And so y'all are bringing in like two different worlds and trying to create one new world. Not everything is going to fit. And so some of the things that I had to give up when I got married was um, going out all the time. My husband, we're like the opposite. Like my, I work at home. And so when I'm not working, I like to go out and like be with my friends. He works around people all day. So when he's not working, he likes to be at home and he likes to be, you know, chilling. And so um, obviously I didn't give up going out completely. I go out sometimes, but it was like, if I wanted to spend time with him together, we're going to have to spend half the time in the house half the time being outside. We're not going to be outside every weekend. So that was a part of me that I had to um, come to grips with. And it was like, okay, that's fine. Cause being with him is more important, not more important, but it's more fun than like anywhere that I would go really. So that was one thing I had to get used to. Um, I also had to like adjust my style of communication and for some people, that's like a non-negotiable. Uh, some people that I know are very straightforward. They want to talk when they want to talk, and there's no way around that. And that might be a problem if you are dating someone or want to marry someone who needs more time to process things or who likes to um, talk about things like in a much more, I guess, like nuanced way. That might be an issue for you. So um, that's one question to ask is like, are you willing to change parts of yourself um, for someone else? I think another question um, that's important to ask is, are you ready to like, I don't want to use the word heal, but are you ready to address um, maybe some past issues or past things that you didn't even know were there? So example of that in my relationship is I, but I would say like, Maybe the year before we got married, I I realized through therapy that I was actually like a people pleaser. Um, I really needed I needed other people to like tell me that I was doing a good job, um, or I really wanted friends, and so I would you know do things that I know would make other people happy, and that came in that came, carried over into my marriage, and so when I realized I was like walking on eggshells around my husband, he wasn't doing anything, you know, wrong or anything. I just realized that I was like tiptoeing around him around certain topics, around certain things. And he was like, why are you like, just tell me what it is. Like, why are you doing that? Just, just, just say it. And I was like, I don't know. I just, I, sometimes I can't tell you everything. And he was like, why? And I realized it was because in the past when I had shared, um, you know, really like, vulnerable, really heavy things, people would like walk away or they would create space between myself and them. And that friendship relationship would change. I don't want that to happen with him. And he was like, we're married. It's not going to happen. And so I had to realize this was an issue that I had since childhood that I had never really addressed or worked through. And in order for my marriage to um, have 
healthy dialogue, I had to deal with that. So I would also ask yourself, are there any things that are like that could pop up that I'm ready to address head on and really ready to deal with? Okay. Our next question. What makes someone ready versus not in your, in my opinion? Um, This one is from one of my sisters and she added on that this was her question because she has heard people say like, uh, don't rush to get married and, you know, you should wait as long as you can to have kids, that kind of thing. So she was like, if it's, if marriage is a good thing, like, are y'all happy in marriage or are you not? So what, um, what makes you ready to be married versus not and I think this is actually related to the first question of, you know, what should you ask yourself? If you ask yourself those questions and you're like, actually, some parts of me, I'm not giving up. Then friend, marriage is not for you right now. It's fine. It's totally fine. Um, I also think there's like a weird obsession right now with being married. I don't know if it's because of like social media or like all these dating to marry shows. I don't know. But I feel like if more people talked about like the reality of being married and how many difficult conversations it requires and the types of conversations, I really think y'all would slow down a little bit. Um, And so I, and so (laughs) I could even go down rabbit hole in that one. Um, I, I I really want us to like, back to what the original post was saying, think about a marriage and not a wedding. A marriage is intended to last forever. Like that's a long time. Um, and if you cannot picture yourself with the person that you're considering to marry, um, for a long time, then I would say you're probably not ready. Um, and being with them for a long time through different seasons. So there, there's a question later about uh, liking your spouse or not, and we'll get to that. But there's going to be a time where you're not going to like them every day. And that's just the reality of marriage. If you cannot handle being with someone while you don't like them for a period of time, then I would also say you're not ready. Um And I also want to talk about like, so I know there's a, also a big thing on social media right now about like being financially like secure and, and being wealthy. And I do think there is, um, I do think you should be wise in getting married uh, about your money. And I also don't want that to be like an unnecessary barrier. I know for me, when my husband's talking about us getting engaged, I was like, oh no, we can't because like I have bad credit and I don't have any savings and like we can't get married. And he was like, what have to do with anything? That means nothing to me. And I was using it as an excuse. I just was, I just was like nervous to be engaged and I was nervous to be married. I think at this time when he was telling me that, I think I was 23 and I was just like, I was so nervous, y'all. So nervous. And so, um, yes, there should be wisdom in, in money and it also should not become a barrier if it doesn't have to be. Um, and I think another another layer to that conversation was me having to be honest with my husband and be like, I am not good with money. Um, and so if we get married, I'm going to need like help in these areas. And it was me being honest with him and saying like, I'm weak in this area. So can you, can you help me? And I think um, 
talking about money before you get married is also like a very uh, healthy thing to do. Um, knowing how like someone spends their money, what are their habits? Uh, what are their like, I don't want to use that word. Um, what are their habits? What are their like? You can say vices. Yeah. Vices. It, vices are real. Yeah. So for me, I'm um, an emotional like shopper. If I'm really excited, I'm going to buy like stuff for the house and decorations. And, da, da, da. and if I'm really sad, I'm going to buy a lot of food like to deliver to our house, ice cream, churros, burritos, like all the things. So I think talking about like money habits and also mindset around money is really important. Um, Some people who grew up with access to money, spend money more frivolously and don't think twice about it. It's not a big deal to them. Um, And other people who didn't grow up with, with as close or as fast access to money, um, may think more before they spend money and and be slow to make a big purchase. And so if you have two people from opposite worlds coming together, that could be frustrating. So I think talking about money is an important thing to do. Um, And then the last answer I'll give on this question of what makes someone ready versus not, I really think is the willingness to, to grow, the willingness to evolve and a willingness to um, communicate and by communicate, not just like talking and saying words, but actually listening to what the other person is saying and then hearing what they're saying and thinking about how can changed action come from what you've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Anything to add there, Solomon? Um, uh, a couple things. I think one of the things, you know, I'll put my camera on. Please do. I think one of the things that gets overlooked um, in in marriage is when people are single and they say, you know, like you said, I can't see myself doing this. Uh, one of the things you don't understand is there is a whole mindset shift when you have these major events in your life, when you get married, when you have a child. Uh, I had a podcast once where these ladies were like, well, if I have a child, there's no way because I'm not going to stop going out. And and what they didn't <laughs> understand is it wasn't about giving something up. It was about changing what your level of fulfillment is and what right. fulfills you. And having a child and being married, it gives you a different sense of fulfillment that replaces the fulfillment you got from doing these other things. Absolutely. And so in a way, it's almost like you can't really be the judge of it from that Before it perspective, happens. yeah, because you're just not. So the best thing you can do is look at the people around you and under and, and see the fulfillment that they have, and use that to make that's your good. decision on if that's something that you're ready for. That's really good. And to that point, I am going to be honest with y'all. I feel like I had an identity crisis when I got married because it was like I was married. I would say for this time, I was pretty young. And it was like all of my friends were still doing what we used to do, which is nothing like that's what they put. Like it's not bad. It just was what, what was happening. And I was like, now I have this new life. And in this new life, I don't have any friends because all of my um, husband's friends like were already married with kids. So they're like busy and in, involved in their own life. And then my old, my other friends were just out here being single, partying, you know, doing what we used to do. And I was very lonely and I didn't know like how 
to exist in this middle space. And I was talking with uh, my brother about this the other day that I actually had to like grieve that life that I used to have and be okay with finding something new. And so my husband and I had to create like our own, you know, things to do together to like Solomon was saying, replace what we used to do as single people. So I don't want to mislead y'all and say like, once you're married, things are just, you know, fine. It's you and that person. It's all fun. And it will be eventually. And for most people, there will be like a grieving process of letting go um, of big parts of your old life and then like figuring out what the new life's going to be. Okay. How, (laughs) how well should a couple get along before they get married? Um, this one is, I would say is not, I wouldn't say not fair, but in my, um, experience, I have seen couples get married who argue a lot and who don't argue enough. Um, and so I think it depends on the two personalities, but what I will say is that before you get married, y'all, in my opinion, y'all should be able to be able to apologize to each other. And if you're the person who was not wrong, I think you should be able to apologize first. Again, this is my opinion. Um, I think y'all should be able to move through a disagreement like rather quickly. I don't think it should be lasting like days. Um, I I would I would say a couple hours, and I say this because when you get married, there will be um, more pressures added to your relationship. There will be bills and travel and work and how to run a household and maybe eventually kids. And so if you can't navigate um, conflict well, being just the two of you, um, I would say it will be even more difficult to navigate conflicts with added pressures um, to your relationship. So how well should a couple get along? I think you should be able to navigate conflict without disrespecting each other um, and and being able to like make up rather quickly. Would you have anything to add to that, Solomon? Can you explain don't argue enough? I think that's interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't argue enough. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, what I mean by that is like, not addressing things, like being passive aggressive, um, not addressing things head on. I I think that was my husband and I, like mm, maybe our first like six months or so, I would check in and be like, hey, like, you know, how am I doing? How's it going? He's like, oh, everything's good. Everything's great. And I'm like, Anthony, I know I'm irritating. I know I'm doing something that's like not perfect. And so um, it took me having to like tell him like, it's okay to tell me like, what you want to improve or what you you want to see different. And so I think when we, when we um, don't talk about the hard things or when we brush things under the rug, that can like build up resentment. And so if, if a couple is not arguing at all, and I don't mean arguing like yelling and that kind of thing, but I mean like if they're not disagreeing or they're not having like a rub at all, 
to me, that is a problem of uh, maybe people-pleasing, passive aggressiveness, um, manipulation, a number of things. But people should be disagreeing. That is healthy. That is necessary. Okay. Our next question Talk about the transition from being single to engaged and then married, the good and the growing pains. Um, Yeah, this was, I think, very unique for me as well because I did, I was engaged and got married during um, COVID. So I, there wasn't as much like being out in the world as I would have at another time, but I think I can still speak to like the mindset so being single um and by single I'm I am guessing you mean like when we were when I was like not even a girlfriend that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go for, from single no one's girlfriend to engaged then married. Is that what we're saying? They're probably talking I think about he, why he you means were boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. So um the transition for me like I said a, a minute ago was actually very rough. I feel like I was going through like an early life crisis, but I think it was because a lot of it was because most of my, all of my friends actually were still, excuse me, single. And I was the only one who was in, not even married, but who was in like a long-term relationship. And so I struggled with, um, I struggled with like kind of wanting my old life still. Like I was talking about that grieving process. And it wasn't that I wanted to be single. It was that I I wanted to go out. I wanted to have fun. But I also knew that to build a solid foundation of a, of a marriage, I needed to be at home. I needed to be talking. I needed to be communicating. I needed to be, you know, having game night or something. And so um, with each with each transition came like a different mindset, I would say. So from going from girlfriend to fiance, um, when I became a fiance, obviously I had a ring on my finger. And so I just realized that people treat you differently. Like when you go somewhere and you have a ring on and it also was like, oh, other people can see that I belong to someone or that I'm in a relationship and so at that point, it was like, I didn't want to um, like, you know, like embarrass him or have anyone come back and say like, oh, Rosalind was at this party and she was so loud and she was a loudest person. And so I think um, when you when you come into like a, a public covenant, I'll say, um, there's, an, there's, there's like, there's people watching you. And so I think for me, it was, I was really cognizant of like, am I representing us well as a couple? Am I representing him well um, as, you know, a man who a lot of people in our community like respect and and look up to? And so it was like, I'm not just living for me anymore. I'm living for like the Davis legacy, which is like, it sounds like a big thing to say, but it's true. Like once you um, get married, you and this person are potentially building a family that's going to become like people behind you and you're building a legacy. And so I think once we, so let me back up. So going from girlfriend to fiance was the first time that I was like, okay, people um, are watching us. And it wasn't just about them. It was like, 
I have this ring on my finger. Is this what I want to do? Am I comfortable wearing this ring? Am I comfortable, you know, possibly being a wife um, in a couple of months? And it felt like, right. It was like, wow, this is like, this is what we're, we're, what we're doing. And so to speak to the mindset, I know people who have got engaged and at that time felt like, oh, this is not right. This is too much. We need to like, you know, back this up. So I would encourage you to investigate, like once you go from being girlfriend and boyfriend to fiance, like how did that transition feel? Are both of like check in, are both of y'all still feeling like excited, feeling like um, it's what you want to do. You want to keep growing. And, and then from there, allow that answer to guide like the next step, which hopefully the next step is y'all get married. Um, and then at that transition moment, I feel like it was um, like a like a force field. It was really weird to explain, but I feel like it was like a force field around us. Like once we got married, I feel like it was just he and I against the world. Again, COVID could be why, because we were just in the house. <laughs> but I really felt like no other like title or responsibility that I that I had mattered as much as like solidifying like what we just did, like rooting um, in our marriage. And so the mindset there was like, I'm going to have to sit out of like some social things. I'm going to have to like really get strict with my work schedule. Everything I did was like, how do I now pour into my marriage so that um, it doesn't just, it wasn't just this really nice moment that we got married on this one day and we had on these nice clothes. Like, how do I continue to pour into this thing so that it grows? And so I think, those transitions, like I said, each one came with a different mindset. But I think um, as long as you all check in at both of those milestones, I think y'all will be good. And the person who asked this question, I I know where y'all are at. And I think y'all will be good. Solomon, do you have anything to add to that one? Uh, not that one specifically. And I don't know if you have um, any uh, questions about money and handling money. No, we don't. Marriage. We don't. Well, let's let's bring this up then because that is probably one of the top three reasons people divorce. Yeah, and people have uh, trouble in marriages over money. I think going into marriage, you definitely need to have a money plan. So, you know that that plan needs to consist of like, how are you guys going to divvy up responsibilities, divvy up bills, pay for different things? And I'll give you an example. Um, when my wife and I got married, I was making significantly more money than her, but. It wasn't really about that. It was about just having this sort of place of equality. And so we agreed that all our money would go into one central account. From that account, we pay our bills, things like that. We decide we're going to put for savings and all these different things. And then each of us would then get an allotment that was just ours. And you could put it in your own separate account. And the reason you do that is if I want to buy my wife a present, I don't want her seeing it's coming out yeah. of my account. You know, you want to be able to have that. Plus, you want to be able to have money to do things that you want to do. And so that was our financial agreement. Other people may say, okay, you pay these bills and I pay these bills, but whatever it is, you need to have an agreement. And it doesn't just need to be a conversation. It needs to be something where both of you guys agree and feel good about, because that's one thing that you don't want to deal with um, going into marriage arguments over money. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really good. Um, I think that's something that should happen like early on. Um, If not, before you get married because I definitely agree. before. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's sort yeah. of like one of those questions. Do you want to have kids? Yeah. Like it's like, you need to know this. This is really important. That's a good one. 
Okay, next question. If no marriage is perfect, what makes a healthy marriage? This is a good question. Um, I think, I feel like everyone may have a different answer. Um, What I think makes a healthy marriage is, I'm going to always come back to this, y'all, communication. I know it's like such a cliche thing to say, but it's literally so true. Being able to communicate your needs, communicate um, your wants, communicate your questions, and not just like speaking, but also a part of communication that I think gets overlooked is listening. And listening to digest, listening to process, listening to use that information to make action, not just listening to like appease the other person. Um, I also think what makes a healthy marriage is like respecting each other. I think that also um, may seem like a very basic answer, but y'all will be surprised about the marriages out here where the folks are disrespectful. Okay. So I think, um, and what I mean by that is like, are you intentionally trying to hurt their feelings? Are you intentionally, uh, like ignoring them or trying to, or like being condescending? Um, I, something I was thinking about the other day is a part of, respectful, like healthy dialogue, I think is having self-control because we all know when we have conversations and we want to say something and you know that thing, it it, it might cut that person. You know it's going to cut them. That's why you want to say it. And do you have the self-control enough to not say it, to let it go? I had to have that moment with myself yesterday. Uh, My husband and I, something happened yesterday And I wanted to say something and God was like, girl, don't you think about it. Don't you even do it because I'm going to deal with him. You shut your mouth, let it go, be quiet, go keep doing what you're doing and I'm going to handle it. So it's like, do we have self-control to be quiet? And also for those of us who um, are believers, do we trust God enough to deal with that person because he said he would and we needed to be quiet. So that's one of the answers. I think another part of a healthy marriage is the ability to have fun Um, being and not being like having to travel somewhere all the time or having to like go out and buy things. But can you guys laugh together? Can you watch a movie a hundred times and still think it's funny? Like, do you enjoy being together? Um, I think what makes a healthy marriage is really simple things. Um, I think communication, fun, and respect are some of the, the main ingredients. And I would also say, um, how do I want to word this? Like honoring the other person, Um, like making sure they know that you think they're really special and showing them and letting your, your actions align with the words that you're saying. Okay. Last question. How often do How often do healthily married couples get on each other's nerves slash argue? This is related to our our earlier question. Get on each other's nerves. I mean, every day. I don't know. A couple times a week. Fairly often. Yeah, I'd say a lot. Um, And again, there will be seasons where it will be like a lot. 
and some seasons where it's not that often. For example, I just had two babies in two years. So for the past two years, I was very irritable. Like everything's annoying. Everything's hot. Everything is too much for me. So for the past two years, Tony has annoyed me probably every day. And not that he's being annoying, but just I'm in a place where everything's really annoying to me right now. And that doesn't mean that we were arguing all the time. It doesn't mean that I wasn't having fun. I was just irritated all the time. And so we still had a healthy marriage. There's just was an underlying like current of um, me being annoyed. That doesn't mean that we weren't still like having a, um, oh, wow, my screen. One time into my screen, I lost the question. Okay, we're back. Okay. I was going to recite it to you, unless you had a different question. No. But I want to make sure it said argue slash nerves. Yeah. Um, okay. How often do healthy married, healthy married couples argue? I don't know. That really depends on your life, though. You know. Tell me more. Well, I, we, we didn't really argue much. I mean... I mean, because think about an argument comes from a difference of opinion, right? Mm-hmm. So if you solve a lot of problems ahead of time, um, you know, you don't end up doing a lot of having arguments. I think being annoyed is a whole different category. Yeah, right? yeah. You know? And so arguments are really based on the things that are going on in your life. But I know one thing I'd like to add, I know you had one person who said something about happy marriage. Um, everybody out there is listening, I want you to do this. I want you to take the word happy and I want you to replace it with the word fulfilled. That's and good. fulfilling. Because happy is a state, happy is like saying success. A lot of people feel like once you've reached a certain pinnacle, you're never, there's no place else to go. A fulfilling marriage is something that gives you something. It doesn't mean that every day, every moment's going to be happy. It doesn't mean that you, people are going to, oh, I'm really happy. You're not really always going to be happy. But Definitely you will not. feel fulfilled because the fulfillment comes from the security of knowing that there's somebody who's going to be there for you no matter what, no matter what happens. You know, And that's the whole point of marriage is that you can have things happen and this person can be mad at you or whatever, but you know, within the scope of that marriage, they still love you. Yeah. And they, and they give you room to make mistakes and grow as a person. And so that's really what marriage brings as compared to being single. So just replace that word happy. Think about marriage as being fulfilled. And I think you'll have the right mindset going in. Yeah, that's good. Something you said that I want to add on to is like, in the scope of being married, you know, you have someone that loves you no matter what. I, when I realized that, I feel like I was like set free. It's like marriage, if you let it, can be like a a safe container for like personal growth, for career growth, um, for healing. Like, like someone was saying, you have this container and no matter what happens, this person's supporting, this person's loving you. Um, and a quick story about that. When my husband and I first got married, like I said, I was a virtual assistant, but also it was my first time, um, ever like having to pay rent with like, yeah, having to pay rent. And so I didn't know how to manage my money. I I had a job, but I was not like, I wasn't thinking of cash flow correctly. So there was one time in the first few months of us being married that my account was in like negative. I had negative like a hundred dollars. And he asked me, did I want to do something? And I was like, no, I don't, I, I can't. And he's like, why? I'm like, I don't have any money. He's like, what? And I was like, yeah, my account is like in the negative. And he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa that should never happen. And he was like, why didn't you tell me? I said, because I was embarrassed. Like, I don't have any money. And now you're going to, you know, 
help me get out of the negative and getting more money so I have money in the account to come above it. Like, it was just like, I was so embarrassed. And he was like, Rosalind, we are married. Like, you can tell me anything. I will help you do anything. This is what it's about. Like, it's about building a partnership and working together. And so from that moment on, I was very open about like my credit and my money and all of that. And if it was not for him telling me, like, within the marriage, I will help you do anything, I would probably be still broke today because that allowed me to realize, like, I can make mistakes. I can, you know, um, experiment with things and he will always be here to support me. So because of that, I was able to like build my business and now I have a career doing that and just so many things that I wouldn't be able to, I feel like I wouldn't be able to do if I was not in the container of marriage because it's like, I don't want to call it a safety net, but it's like, it's like coming home. Like no matter what I try, no matter what I experiment with, no matter how many business I open and close, I will always have my husband. I will always have my partner to try new things with. So that was a good example. Solomon. And as long as you're not like blowing your mortgage money at the casino, it's all good. (laughs) As long as you're being wise. Yeah. All right, y'all. That is it for the questions. Marriage is a very juicy topic. And I also want to have my husband on here one day to tell y'all like our story. So if you have more questions on marriage or long distance dating, that type of thing, let us know. Um, Solomon, anything else to add before I close this? Oh, this was fun. It I was, was. I was looking forward to some of these questions and uh, Did you, I surprise answer, you answered them pretty well. No. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I thought you were very real. You know, I, I, I was hoping you weren't going to be very fairy tale about it and you weren't. You were real. Nothing about my life is a fairy tale. So don't think I'll ever get that from me. All right, y'all. This was fun. Thank you. I wanted to do something um, really quickly before we go. I want to ask y'all, what are you creating space for this week? Um, for me, I think I'm going to create space for rest. Your girl is tired. I'm very tired and I need to lay down. So I'm going to make room for, for rest this week. Let me know your answers um, on Instagram. Send us an email. And until next time, take care. Bye. You've been listening to Creating Space, the podcast, a Taking Up Space production. We pray that you've been encouraged by something that was shared here today. If you'd like to support this podcast, please visit www.wearetakingupspace.com backslash support. And we want to know who's hanging out. Follow us on Instagram at the Creating Space pod and subscribe to us on your favorite platform. We can't wait to have you back for next week's episode. Until then, take care.